0: happy Easter weekend. Uh, He is risen. Hallelujah. It's exciting, isn't it? And uh, today we are celebrating this greatest event that's ever happened in the history of the world. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And we're going to be looking tonight at this account Uh, That Stephanie's just read to us in Matthew's gospel. And today I want to talk to you really about the impact of these three words. He has risen. Three words that change everything, three words that impact the whole of eternity. Three words that alter the course of history. Three words that pierce the noise of war, of disease, of sickness, of fear, and death. Words that bring peace, healing, hope, and ultimately life to each one of us. He has risen. And really, if there's nothing else that you take away from tonight, I want to say this isn't just an inspiring story. This isn't just something that's a nice idea. It really happened. We believe that it is really true. Jesus rose from the dead. He was crucified, he died, he was buried, and God raised him by the power of the Holy Spirit to new life. He didn't just live and die, he died, And now he lives. And that truth has eternal consequences for each one of us. Why is that? Because the resurrection, it's not just a feature of Christianity. As Emily said right at the start of this service, the resurrection is the pinnacle of our faith. It is the greatest event in all history. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul, in chapter 10, verses 9 to 10, he says, If you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. We will be rescued from sin, from death, from ourselves, set free from sin, released from darkness into light. Loved, reconciled with God, given the gift of eternal life. That's why Jesus died. That's why Good Friday is so good. That is the message of the good news that we have as Christians to share. Maybe that's news that you've heard before. Maybe you've heard it many times before. But Maybe you've never heard that news before. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you've been dragged here by a friend or a family member. Maybe you thought, I wonder what this whole Easter thing is all about. Is it just chocolate eggs and bank holidays and football on the TV? Or is there something more to this Easter message? Maybe you've come tonight and you've got questions. Why is the death of Jesus so significant? Whatever it is that you might believe, I think what we can all agree on is that the resurrection of Jesus is significant. Something happened. Whatever that something is on that first Easter morning, something happened that was so significant that it's gone on to impact literally billions of lives throughout the The world, every age, stage, ethnicity, nationality, every socioeconomic group, throughout the ages and today, lives changed and transformed because He has risen. So, roughly 2,000 years on from this event, how should we respond? If this claim is true, what should we do? Well, the first thing, again, three words. The first thing that we should do is come and see. Come and see. In many ways, that's what we're doing tonight. If you're here in this room, you're coming to see this event that's taken place. And that's what Jesus' followers did. Specifically, these women that we've heard read about in this passage Matthew 28 verse 1, it says, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week. At dawn, on the first day of the week. That's really, really significant. The writer Matthew here, he's trying to get across to his readers this idea of a new beginning, a new start. It's like creation has been rebooted. And this sense of a new dawn, a first day of the week, it's consistent with all of the gospel writers. And specifically, the the writer of the gospel, he's wanting to remind us about the original creation that we read about right at the start of the Bible in Genesis. Where God created the world in seven days. And it's like what's happened here is like the eighth day of creation. A new day. Recreation. Something has changed As a result of the resurrection of Jesus in the very fabric of the universe. Jesus' resurrection is the first sign of that restart. The first sign of that new life. And we read that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, Mary the mother of James, they go and they look at the tomb. What were they expecting to find? Of course, they were expecting to find Jesus dead and in the tomb, and the tomb locked and guarded. We read in verse 61 that they were there when Jesus was buried. In verse 65 of Matthew 27, we read that Pilate told the guards to make the tomb as secure as they knew how. These were Roman soldiers. They knew how to do their job well. If they didn't, they were punished, sometimes executed. And we read here that they put a Roman seal on the stone and posted a guard. The Roman seal, what they would have done, they would have tied a rope to the stone that was at the entrance of the tomb. They would have put Caesar's insignia on that stone. And if it was tampered with, they would have known. It was a criminal offense to break the seal. And we don't know exactly how many guards uh, were there that had been positioned, but we know that there were a few because later on it says that they fell down as if they were dead. But you see, these women, they, they go to the tomb, but they weren't expecting to witness the resurrection. In many ways, the truth of the resurrection was as surprising, as confusing, and as challenging to them as it is for us Today. They expected to find, metaphorically speaking, a no entry sign, access denied, the tomb sealed, guarded, no way in. But what they experienced was something very, very different. They went grieving, despairing, with no hope, but they left full of hope filled with joy the access denied had been exchanged for access all areas through Jesus' resurrection and as you've come here to this service tonight I wonder what you were expecting to find what were you expecting to experience in this place maybe you've come carrying fear grief Worry, anxiety, as you look out on our world with all of its challenges, war, the escalation of war, economic challenges that we face. Maybe you're not necessarily expecting to meet tonight with the risen Jesus or encounter him personally. But you see, the resurrection, the good news about the resurrection is an encounter with a person. Jesus himself said, I am the resurrection and the life. When we encounter him, we experience life and life in all of its fullness. That's the testimony of millions of people across the world, all throughout the ages. That's my story. I know that's many of your story. You've encountered him. He's met with you. And when we come face to face with him, when we come and see him for who he really is, he reveals himself to us. He invites us in into friendship with God. You see, the stone wasn't rolled away to let Jesus out. Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was resurrected from the dead and somehow he manages to get into the upper room when the door was locked. The stone wasn't rolled away as a part of the mechanism of the resurrection so he could get out. The stone was rolled away so that the witnesses could get in. We now have a way into a relationship with God, access to our Father in heaven. And all of us are invited. Each one of us. In fact, not just here, but everywhere. Invited to come and see and to make a decision about who this Jesus is. To decide about his resurrection. Not blindly, but based on evidence. You see, putting your faith in Jesus it's not a blind leap of faith. But it's a step of faith based on evidence. What is the evidence of the resurrection? The empty tomb. When the women arrive, they find the tomb empty. Of course, there are so many different explanations that have been put forward to account for this. Maybe Jesus wasn't dead. Maybe he just was exhausted and swooned. And when he came to, he managed to somehow get out of the tomb and run off. But we know that Jesus, is, is, during his crucifixion, his legs were broken. It would have been quite difficult to get away. The Roman soldiers guarding the tomb, they were experts in crucifixion. They weren't accustomed to letting these criminals, so-called, get away without dying. Maybe someone stole the body. Again, a few explanations. Perhaps it was the authorities But, of course, if the authorities had stolen the body, when there was this uprising of people of the way, they could have just produced the body, and that would have been the end of that. Maybe there were robbers, but we know that the thing that was left in the tomb was the grave clothes, folded, left in their place. That would have been the only thing of value in the tomb, but it was left there. Surely robbers wouldn't have left that if they had stolen the body. And, of course, some think maybe the disciples stole the body. None of these things are credible explanations. So the empty tomb. Then there's the evidence of angelic presentation, angelic testimony. We read here in verses 2 to 7 that when the women arrived, there's this localized earthquake. It says it's a violent earthquake. For the angel of the Lord came down from heaven... And going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. And it's this angel that says to these women who've arrived at the tomb, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus, but he's not here. He's not dead. He has risen just as he said Jesus was true to his word. Jesus was true to everything that he had promised. You see, the resurrection of Jesus is proof that he is who he said he was the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the one who loves us, forgives us, the one who has conquered death, the one who is victorious. The theologian Leslie Newbegin he says the resurrection wasn't the the reversal of a defeat, but it was the manifestation of a victory. This was God's plan of salvation all along, right from the start. This was his plan. The empty tomb, the angel, and thirdly, the resurrection was evidenced by people meeting with him Physically, on 11 occasions over a period of 40 days, we read in the book of Acts, one time to over 500 people at once. That's a lot of witnesses. If there was a crime that was committed against you and there were 500 witnesses, it was pretty obvious that that crime had taken place. You see, Jesus wasn't a ghost or an apparition or something that just one or two people experienced. Jesus came he was alive speaking to people eating with his disciples we read in the gospels that the disciples they touched his resurrected glorified body that still bore the marks of crucifixion a fulfillment of that prophecy in Isaiah saying that by his stripes we are healed And the angel here in verse 6 says, Come and see. Come and see this thing that's taken place. Everyone is invited. So that's the first thing come and see. The second thing is that we are to go and tell. Oh, can't spell. Go and tell. Both the angel and Jesus tell these women to go and tell. In verse 7 it says, go quickly and tell the disciples. So the women hurried away from the tomb. These women, they're, they're excited. There's an urgency about this good news. And as they're running to go and tell the disciples, suddenly Jesus meets them. Considering he's the son of God, it's a slightly strange way that he addresses them. In verse 9 we read, he just goes, greetings. <laughs> I always laugh at stuff like that in the Bible. Like, of all the things that Jesus could say. Yeah, you've just witnessed the resurrection. He turns greetings. And how did they respond? It says that they came to him, clasped his feet and worshipped him. Just think about the transformation of these women who've come to the tomb. They came grieving, full of anxiety, full of despair. They meet with the angel. They're filled with joy and with hope. But now they've met the risen Jesus. And in this moment, they find a renewed sense of purpose to go and tell. It's like this new confidence comes. This new faith is dialed up in their life. And their fear turns to joy. They fall down in worship. Jesus says to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers. Of course, that's all the other disciples that hadn't yet witnessed the resurrection. To go to Galilee. And there they will see me. And Of course, as we read on, that's what happens. These women go to the disciples. Jesus meets them. He transforms them. And they go on to tell the world. You see, after Jesus' resurrection, something significant happened to those disciples. They go from being distraught, distressed, lacking in faith, to being full of faith, full of boldness, full of confidence to go and tell people About Jesus. They speak boldly, even at the risk of punishment and death. That, in itself, is evidence to the resurrection. Why on earth, if they knew that Jesus was dead, why would they go on to tell so many people that he was risen from the dead? Why put your life on the line for that? They did that because they knew he had risen. And of course, that's the testimony of so many people around the world today. So many people throughout the ages. That's why each one of us are called, commissioned. We're given this sense of purpose to go and tell. This is the amazing news. Because you see, the the resurrection of Jesus isn't just for us individually. The resurrection of Jesus means that the world matters the whole world John 3 16 says for God so loved the world that's not just geographically that's the universe the cosmos that's me that's you it means that the the injustices the pain the suffering of this present world that we see look at what's happening in Ukraine our hearts are breaking but of course that's just the thing on the top of the news stories All the other things that are taking place. The resurrection of Jesus means that we are to address the injustice and the suffering and the pain in this world. We as Christians are called to bring healing, to bring justice, knowing that he has won. His love has had the final word. So we're to come and see, and we're to go and tell. To tell people that they can have resurrection hope. They can experience resurrection life, and that's what's available to each one of us. We can experience renewed hope, new life. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Because Jesus is risen, we too will rise with him. Death is not the end. Death is defeated. In Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, he cries out with words, Where, O death, is your sting? I love that little illustration of the father and his son who were driving in the countryside, windows down, it's hot, summer's day. And as they're driving, this bee flies in through the window. And the small boy is fatally allergic to bee sting. So he's freaking out in the car. And the father, as he's driving, he reaches across and he grabs the bee in his hand and he squeezes it. And then he releases the bee. And the boy starts freaking out again. And in that moment, the father shows the boy the sting that's been left in his hand. And he says, you don't need to worry because I've taken the sting on your behalf. And at that moment, he completely relaxes. That's what Jesus has done for us. That's what he's proved to us through the resurrection physically from the dead. We no longer need to fear Death. One day we will live with him forever. And what that means is that there is nothing that Jesus cannot overcome. Even the greatest enemy, death, has no hold over him. This is the amazing news that today we are to experience. And today we come and see. We go and tell others Telling the world, our friends, our family, our neighbors, our work colleagues, this is the good news of Easter. The resurrection of Jesus. Jesus is alive. He has risen. That is what we've come to celebrate today. In Jesus' name, amen.